are so glad to be with you today. I hope uh, we can quickly start pinging people to join us in the room. We hope to have an amazing time with each other. My name is Williams Chukudi, the strategist. And today we are going to be discussing money series, the best money mindset for couples. And I hope to make, we are going to have a very wonderful discussion with the coaches we are going to be, we, are, we have there as a panelist, Coach Karu and Coach Tolu, as they join us this evening. It's going to be an amazing time, it's been, and I believe so strongly that we're going to learn a lot. Welcome, Coach Tolu. Good evening, madam. How Hello, are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. And you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for joining us this evening. I strongly believe we're going to have an amazing time. Thank you. Obina, welcome on board. Shewu, welcome. Okay, we have uh, uh, the other panelists coming in. I think. Uh, one of us actually told me that uh, he might be joining late because he's on transit. All right, so we're going to just kick off with the much we already have in the room. So welcome again to Strategy Hack, everyone. Today is Monday, 7 p.m., 6, 6, uh, 6th of December, 2021. I hope we're going to go. Welcome, Coach, uh, Coach Karu. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Are you there? Can, can you hear me, Coach Karu? Coach Patience, can you hear me? Okay. Oh, I think she's having a network problem. Okay, so uh, we are going to be discussing on the best money mindset for couples. In fact, this has been a very major concern for a lot of people. Uh, I've gotten so many feedback from people telling me that they want to hear what we have to say today because this has been a heated argument all the time among couples. Coach, Coach Patience, you're welcome on board. Good evening. All right, so let me go on. Uh, I think once she, she's able to fix her network, then she can speak. All right, so uh this this topic has been amazing in fact the topic is something that uh, i've worked with people over the years and it's something that i believe so strongly that we're going to learn from people like tolu who has who has also been on the front line with people with couples and, and relationship and then also with uh, coach karu who's, who's a money coach they will introduce themselves though but then he's been very fantastic because i love money talks and why I love money talks is that it dissolves a lot of issues we have. Okay, uh, Coach Patience, you're welcome. Can you unmute yourself now? Hi, good evening. Oh. Good, evening good evening, Coach Good evening, Coach Tolu. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Hello, Patience. <laughs> thank you for joining us. All right, let me quickly run an introduction before I go over to you for, intro for your introduction also. Uh, I just want to introduce the topic briefly. You know, like we all know it, that money is the number one thing couples argue about. It's proven by statistics that money is the number one thing that uh, couples argue about. And it's not a surprise that money-related 
conflicts frequently are cited for reason of reason for divorce. You know, so and then I looked up to uh, for some statistics and I found out that they said nearly two thirds of, of all marriages start off in debt. Forty three percent of couples married more than twenty five years married more than twenty five years started off in debt. Why eighty six percent of couples married five years or less started off in debt? Now this part I believe so is so common here in Nigeria where a lot of couples they started off in debt majority of us we all got married at a point where we cannot boast of nothing which is not bad but then some people couldn't handle it up to now so we're going to discuss a lot of things that can help us begin to weigh into these things and and build fortification and help our marriages so you know the second thing about the statistics is that they say one third of people who say that they argue about their spouse argue with their spouse about money said they hid their purchase from their spouse because they knew their partner would not approve that so we're going to look at that you know so the, the other one the other statistic we also got is that 94 percent of respondents who said they have great marriage they said they discussed their money dreams with their spouse then those who didn't have great marriage about 45 percent of them said they didn't discuss that they don't discuss marriage uh, money with their spouse now, 63% of those who have $50,000 and above, that's about, uh, let me use the word, 50 million naira above every year. Of course, they said they are not uh, so much anxious about money. And finally, they are they, this resorted that they, they do have uh, healthy marriages and all that when they, when they put their bonus together. Now, this statistics is coming from Ramsey. Ramsey is, pop is popular in America who has been dealing with couples on how to manage their finances, not just couples, individuals also. So today we are going to be talking about a lot of things and I have a lot of statistics I will also give you as we proceed in this discussion. Today is about money and relationship, money and relationship, money and relationship. So we are going to be listening to wonderful people that we have in, the, in this panel, and these people are seasoned. They are, they are, they have proven themselves outside there in the world, you know, and they've done a lot for, for individuals, for couples, for companies. So let's uh, welcome Tolu to also to introduce herself. So hello everyone again. Um, welcome on board this platform money series. Very interesting topic. <laughs> Very, very interesting topic. Mm. My name again is Tolu Afonja. Please, my name is Tolu Afonja. Coach Tolu, Coach Tolu. <laughs> I'm a certified <laughs> integrative life relationship and marriage coach and I'm passionate about nurturing individuals and couples to evolve and thrive, first as individuals and then as a couple so that they can enjoy an enriched life. Um, I do this... Um, I, I do this on my platform and also providing services through the Olusholalari Coaching Academy. Now, as you rightly said, um, money is one of the major critical issues that cause wahala problems in marriages. Um, the three main things are CSM. I call them CSM, um, communication, sex, and money. And if, when communication mm. is broken down, you can't even talk about money. So communication is the major foundation. And then we talk about money issues and sex issues and every other thing compounds 
up to that. And it starts really from the foundation of the individual, their money mindset, their money goals, the values and the beliefs about money and the experiences that they have had with regards to money. So um, I think I'll just leave it there and allow patients to introduce herself. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you Coach Tolo. Okay, over to uh, Coach Patience. Can you please introduce yourself? Yes, yes, yes. Good evening, everyone. I'm excited to be here today. Conversations about money is, it fascinates me. I'm always interested and I'm always interested in, interested in discussing it and assessing it and analyzing it and coaching people on it. Okay, so my name is Patience Carew. I'm a finance professional, a chartered accountant, and a certified money coach. And I am very passionate about money, everything money, the emotions of money, the psychology of money, and its utilitarian value to us. And my goal is to demystify the skepticisms around money, wealth, and abundance. And the reason I chose to explain this is because over the past 12 years, I have focused largely on providing access to sustainable finance solutions, majorly to salary earners and small businesses. And this has opened my eyes to the dynamics, to the dimensions of money and its issues to not just businesses, to people. So I deal with money on a daily basis. I give money out, I assess money out, I collect them, collect money. That's what I do on a daily basis in my day job. You know, and because of my experiences with clients and people around money, I've realized that the, most of the disempowering patterns that people have are not just limited to one area or one dimension of their life. They actually affect everything that they do. And this is why I'm positioned to work with people, whatever is important to them, from developing financial awareness and clarity to bringing them to a greater consciousness around money. And talking about money today in terms of um, money mindset for couples, his and hers, guys, just sit tight. It's going to be interesting. At least we have a marriage coach on ground and we're expecting Yomi. Is he still coming, Mr. Chucky? Yeah, he's on transit. We're expecting him though, but he's on transit. He sent me a chat that he's on transit. Fantastic, fantastic. So it's going to be an interesting session, guys. Thank you so much for turning up. To all my friends here today, thank you so much for turning up. It's going to be interesting. All right, thank, thank you, you for your Thank you. I Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I told everyone of us here that we have wonderful people with us and you can hear from that short introduction. So just try to fasten your seatbelt. We're about to take this flight to another level. And I believe that it will bring a lot of mind shift for you in your marriages and relationship. But it's, it will also help you to, to uh, give you what you can what you can use to help other people that are going through some tough times in marriages over their finances so thank you again so let's let's keep this, this discussion running now i i understand something i could still i'm bringing this to you about uh, uh two personalities most of the time we have in marriages and sometimes they can be they can be the same sometimes they can be different and these personalities are people who are spenders and people who are uh savers most majority of the time we find people coming together and one person is is so is hyped over you know crazy things about how to spend money and the other person is like wow we have to save now how do we begin to to discuss about this personality because we've seen a clash of these personalities we have seen clashes all the time in marriages and most of the time it has led to to lack of trust it has led led to divorce to some extent it has led to 
people keeping their money aside and we also come to that so i don't i don't know what do you have to say about this hmm. yes we say that there are two spenders and savers right i guess those hmm. are the two categories yeah. of people that you are referring to and hmm. um they didn't just become spenders and savers before they entered the marriage they have always been like that and the in their dating years in their relationship years in the times up until marriage money talks should have been very very important so that when they get into marriage is something that they would already have you know identified as how are we going to manage this you know um for the spenders and the savers they are you know their fundamental underlying um experiences that have formed them to be like that um i think further in the in the conversation i would break it down into like four four money languages and so that's what drives them into spending or into saving the mindsets behind behind um how we relate with money so when we talk about spenders and savers i mean it's a if we're not able to have that kind of conversation to set your money goals first setting your money goals first in the marriage then these clashes will become serious clashes conflicts that eventually you would you would refer to as irreconcilable differences based on how we treat and relate with money based on um our family goals and whether the money goals um the the way you relate with money is a feeder into your family goal or your marriage goal because how you relate with money is supposed to be an input it's actually an input into your ultimate marriage goals so you can say that you have marriage goals you have um a vision for the marriage and yet money is left out of it money is a critical element in in managing in 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 accomplishing your marriage goals so whether you are a spender or a saver whatever your money goals are if you have money goals will determine how you relate with your partner when it comes to money so i think i'll just i'll, I'll stop here and hand over to patience okay well, thank you thank you thank you very much uh, coach tolu you know you you kept saying something about money goals money goals and beautiful enough we we are going to be talking about our money goals now you know and he is i think you have you said it more than 10 or 15 or 12 times while you talked now which means it's very critical a lot of emphasis has been laid on it what are these money goals the money goals are not defined by anybody external to them so for example um what is the most important goal that you you will focus on when it comes to money for one it may be something like getting out of debt and for the person that wants to get out of debt the person will probably be saving to be able to get out of debt another maybe i'm planning for the future how much is the money you want to get to plan for the future another person will be because um my, my another person my money goal is just to help people and helping people may be without boundaries Uh, wherever i am called upon i want to be um a, i see myself as a benefactor and so you are there and want to help every other person that's your own money goal i want to have money to give it out to give anybody that cares that needs it all right another person will be that i want to have a money goal uh with regards to you know 
but some people that are very religious whatever i get i give it back to god and so as they are collecting you know as they are getting the funds and they are getting the money they are putting it in the purse of the church and every other thing is suffering so um what exactly are your money goals as an individual how what are you what what is um a, a lot of us don't have um plans for our money a lot of people don't have um an idea of what they want to do with money when they see money and a lot of people don't even know how to relate with the money when they are in contact with money and this comes to having clashes first as an individual and then as a couple so if the husband says uh, that my money goal is to get out of debt and everything is focused on saving 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 but then again you have a family to run you have a marriage to take care of there are ho- there, there are things on the, on the home front that need attention and the wife says okay i know that we need to get out of debt but then again um how are we going to manage this situation so that we can get out of this debt so it will not just be the husband's debt but it will be the couple's debt and then the wife is supporting to ensure that that debt is sorted out so it will i mean having those deep conversations will help you to determine okay this is our money goal whatever income we get 10% of this is going to go to this 20% of this is going to go to that 30% is going to come go to that but it is a joint agreement it is a joint effort it is something joint um in um, agreed by both individuals that this is what we are both working towards concerning our finance and then they chunk it downwards to be able to work towards it and they are accountable to each other so if um, if a couple have decided on their money goals for a certain period of time they are accountable to each other when one person is out of integrity or when when one person has missed road then he can come back and confess and say ah sorry i saw something that was not supposed to buy i bought it it was really nice you know you people will sort it then in that moment it has been done it has been done what's the way forward so it's really to have those conversations about and each about what you actually what 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 um your 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 um, picture of having money wealth or whatever it is as you may want to refer to it in your marriage where are you per time what are you working towards per time and how are you working towards it per time now the issue is a lot of individuals a lot of couples find it difficult to have these conversations because of the relationship that individually they have already they already have with money you know because of the mindsets because of the um values or beliefs they have about money so there are different beliefs when you come into marriage that has to that we hear that will say um you don't need to tell this person you don't need to you know um say where you got money from you know i'm sure you'll go into that later when we talk about yeah. um all of that i mean hiding funds and all from our partners but then it is what is the joint money goal for the couple per time per season once those conversations are not held the husband cannot have the the um the husband can have his own private money goal the wife having her own private goal but there's a joint effort there's a joint effort there is um there's both of you have communicated it to each other and both of you are holding yourselves accountable to each other 
but you must still have a joint money goal for the marriage, for the family, if you want to work together and enjoy yourselves. Well, beautiful. Thank you, Coach Tolu. That was profound. And uh, I heard you correctly in talking about joint uh, goals and all that. Now, I want to get, get, come to you, Coach Patience, from what Coach Tolu has said so far uh, about money goals. So you have these two people who are in marriage and the man has his money goals, the woman has his money, her money goals. And then uh, it becomes uh, so different that uh, the difference gets so wide that because maybe the man is a spender, the woman is a spender, is or rather the woman is a saver, or the man is a saver, the woman is a spender. Uh, the, coming together to do this joint thing becomes an issue. Now, how do you advise couples to make their goal, their money goals, compatible? Good questions. Are you there, ma? Yes, I am. I am. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, Coach Tolu touched on a lot of things and she was emphasizing on money goals and how money is important, money languages and all those sorts of things. But I, from, let me share my view first. Okay. I feel that talking about spending or saving, this particular category causes a lot of, actually, I feel like, feel like it's a little insensitive for couples at the start because it causes more tension than it intends. Mm. When you hear, when you have conversations around money and you hear couples say, oh, or one partner say, I'm a saver, or the other one say, I'm, I'm, she's a spender or he's a spender, it makes one, one feel more superior than the other. Mm. And so one person is superior and the other one feels shame and guilt. And this spending or saver, saver mentality is relative. It's, it's um, totally dependent on who is judging. What's the borderline for saving or spending? It's just a function of anybody's financial standing, anybody's financial goals or their emotions or whatever season they are in their life. And so everyone knows that conversations around money is a big one. Everyone mostly look at speaking on any potentials or the capacity without really focusing and addressing the energy and patterning around money in and of itself. We know, we know every day that money is a survivor challenge. And in marriage, the big issue is most of us are not even prepared for it. We're not even trained. True. And so when, when we now have couples and partners anticipating the same expectations that they have in their relationships, the expectations that they have in their emotional life or their love life. They're having that same expectation in their financial life. It becomes a challenge. We're not even talking about goals here. When talking about goals is taking it way higher, steps higher. I say this because there's a lot of practicality involved, even in personal finance manager, uh, management. And now you now have to deal with finances beyond yours. A lot of things have to come into consideration first before we begin to analyze um, money types or money languages or money archetypes and those sorts of things. You first, you, you, you first need to consider the actions, the implications of the partner you're even associating with what their financial life looks like. I mean, the first time I heard that marriage is like a business decision, I didn't quite understand it. Even though I was married at the time, 
I thought, why, why are we putting money first? Then I had this bias about money. I hadn't got this much clarity I have about money now. I thought, why are they putting money first before love and everything else? It wasn't until later, the more I heard about it, I learned that the dating phase, actually I came to accept that the dating phase is the phase for data gathering. It is typically the point where those people that are in, that are in love with their eyes open, those ones that have their eyes opened in love who can address and discuss finances or financial commitments or even financial compatibility in the future. And this, what I'm saying now, right, it seems unreal because love is supposed to conquer all things. I mean, we're talking love in marriage here. We're talking love in any partnership that has a love relationship in it or has the element of love in it. And so when we put love in the mix, we discuss every other thing except finances and we consider money to be very touchy. And so what do we do? We delay it. We avoid discussing it. We get married. The first two years, we think, oh, we don't even know that we're having resentment. We don't even know that it's building up. We just know that anytime he talks about saving or anytime he talks about investments or purchase or whatever we want to buy or how I need to bring money or contribute money, it sort of brings conflict or tension in the relationship. Personally, I feel like, or oh, I find dealing with personal finance even a struggle. Then you now tell me to add my significant order to it. I did a research today, you know, I, I, I reached out to about 10 married people to find out what their finances are. And we'll go on to that as the session goes on. But first and foremost, before we discuss whether anybody is saving or anybody's investing or anybody has money goals and all that, we, we, we first need to go practical and understand your personal history, understand their financial compatibility. And how do you do that is where you check. You want to know what they believe in, what they believe in or what their money believes are, what their values are, what's driving them, what's their relationship with money. How do they spend? How do they earn? How do they save? How do they invest? Then you find, you see if the similarity with yours or your upbringing, the, you, you, you sort of do some mental comparison first. Before you now say, okay, we seem to be alike financially, or we seem to have similar financial goals, or eh, even though he's a spender, or even though she's a spender, we meet, we have this middle ground where we do this, or we're able to save, we manage a joint, you know, those sorts of decisions, or whether we manage a joint account or a savings account or a hybrid of joint and savings, that's when those sorts of discussions come in. Let me yield the mic at this time. Okay, thank you, Coach Kar uh, Karu. Uh, that, was, that was profound. Now, see, uh, some of the things you, you said that, that stood out for me uh, actually going back to the roots, you know, and that matters most. And uh, going back to the roots here, basically, first of all, is you traveling back to yourself, uh, going back to yourself to actually know what you are made of, your own stuff. Before you start talking about uh, looking at the other person that you are in marriage with, you know, and that helps a lot of things. I always tell people, talk to people about self-awareness. Self-awareness for me is the start is the starting point for any kind of self-development. Whether you want to change any particular thing in your life, you have to first of all be aware 
So if you want to change uh, money, uh, money, money uh, situations or positions in your family, you have to first of all be aware of yourself, and then before you can move it to your husband or to your wife. Now, I want to go back to that uh, this discussion, the, the question I asked you, which is now this. Now, these two people are here now, okay, and uh, maybe someone listening to us didn't actually do all these things. Now we're asking him to go back and check his route. And at the same time, we're also looking at, okay, I have checked my roots. This is my money goal. This is what I have as money goal. And this is what he has as money goal. And these goals are not really coming together. What advice can you give to the person? Practical advice can you give to a couple that their goals are far apart? How can they come together? They're already married. They're not going anywhere. They love each other. But then they, are, they want to get their, their house together. What are the practical things you can tell them about this whole money goals and and make it, advising them to be compatible enough in their money goals so that they can achieve together their dream as married people? Thank you, thank you. Now, in summary, what you're asking is, what do they need to what know? What do they need to know? First and yeah. yes, yes, yes. First and foremost what's driving their relationship if it's mm. based on love then there's respect and that's the utmost yeah once the respect is there then they can have open communication because that's the first thing the communication and why i started with love is because the love opens way or opens the door for empathy for understanding and then they begin to listen to themselves that way they're able to accommodate the patternings of their partner, the outlook, the, 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 the partner or their spouse's outlook, how the spouse has been brought up with money, what the conversations is. And once they're able to do that, then they can open up discussions. So that you eliminate shame, you eliminate issues on pride. Then you can now begin to agree on, okay, how do we set goals? Of course, we start with budgeting. We start with, oh, do we need to, do we need to have a joint account or do we want to have a separate and um, do we want to have individual private accounts? Once that one is addressed, then you move to how the spending should be. Okay, what are we spending money on? What is our fixed cost? What is our variable cost? And then what, where is our discretionary spending? Where does it come in? Because that's another key aspect again. If the couples don't have their discretionary spending and by discretionary spending, I mean um, each partners in the relationship have their individual accounts where they have their monies to be able to do whatsoever they please or to be able to gift each other each other or their family and friends whatever they choose to do with the money then that there will be conflict because that would mean that oh you are managing me you're micromanaging me you're judging me you're monitoring my spending patterns so understanding that having separate accounts and having the joint accounts or the emergency account or the contingency accounts around the union around the relationship that helps now let me share <clears throat> excuse me let me share what i got from the interview that i had today from okay. some of the people that i spoke with maybe this will bring it into perspective so right. i spoke to i spoke to i have um, three different um categories of couples that i spoke with and I have the one that they're married for over 30 years. I spoke to one married for about 11. So I have 8 to 11 years. And I have 
20 years. So I asked, the one that particularly interested me the most was the one, the range, the category between the 10 and the um, 10 and 12 years. And I said to them, and, and I, this is the report that I got, maybe it will just put into perspective all I'm saying. So I said, oh, what's the money relationship like in your, in your home? The bulk of them said, oh, everybody controls money, but we have separate accounts. We only have a joint account for our children. And I said, really, tell me more. And the other one said, oh, I'm not obliged to give my husband anything. He keeps his accounts. I keep my accounts. We don't declare. I said, oh, how does that make you feel? She says, oh, it makes me feel liberated. The other one says, oh, I like the independence. And then the other one says, oh, I can do anything I want with my money. I can buy hair, Brazilian hair. I can do all sorts of things. And another perspective is, oh, having a separate account from my husband creates those sorts of boundaries as I feel independent and and." The, another person said, oh, we have two hands to make money. So I don't want to join money. with I don't want um, joint monies with my husband. And it helps me with financial accountability. Now, here's what the, the one that is um, over 30 years in marriage said. I said, oh, please, can you tell me what your financial life is in your marriage? Oh, she said, oh, very interesting. We operate separate accounts. He controls his, I control mine. We don't like joint accounts. And I said, oh, how has it worked? And how has it served you in the 30, over 30 years of your marriage? She said, oh, it's brought peace and respect. So different perspectives. I spoke to another one that has a joint account. This particular one was the only one that was honest enough to explain to me how the joint account works in his family. He said, oh, I've been married a couple of years, about over 11 years. And I said, how does money work? He says, oh, I control. I don't control money in my house. I said, really? He said, yes. My wife does all the calculations she, she, she is the one that manages the money. She's very industrious and very practical. She makes investment decisions. And I said, wow. And he said, and he goes, yes. And I said, why don't you, why are you not involved in the finances? He said, because I'm a free giver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, I'm a free giver. <laughs> he said, I'm a free giver. So she does all of it. I give, put the money in her account. Guys, that, that blew me off. And this will take me back to something that I would have lo- I would love to talk about and um, talk about in this particular session, where in our culture it is strange to have it's well it's not that it is strange it's not um, completely the norm to have um, men dedicate their finances to women um, to women and I say this because in our culture we have this patriarchy system where the um the 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 the, the man or should, i don't want to um, sound sexist but most men don't really believe that their women should gain equal access to their finances you see and this sort of leave room for doubt for fear for manipulation and secrecy for the women and the women in turn start to get creative with their finances and the circle goes on and on and you know who benefits the most the guys that run the ponzi scheme because mm-hmm. <laughs> because the question of where and how do I keep my money and hide my money begins to come up. And that's where you start looking for the next um, best investment scheme that would give you the highest return on investment. And then you hit upon this scheme that your money don't come out. So the patriarchy system subtly judges women for earning more or being financially stable, you see. And this is also a challenge in marriages. As some, as Sometimes it is misconstrued that the the partner with the highest um, earning capacity may have more control as to where the money goes. So me now listening to 
one of my interview interviewers today telling me oh he hands over his money to his wife um, um i'm like okay another person said oh we do a hybrid of accounts and i said oh please tell me more she said we have an account where we we send in monies and we have our personal accounts and i said okay what about the frequency she said oh the issue lies in the frequency of inflow where one expects the other to do more or increase the frequency and i said okay what about investing what about savings and she goes she, she goes yeah so for investing and savings my husband thinks oh having a bulk sum of money and investing it is a better approach to investing while i prefer monthly contributions so you see the do you see the differences in how they relate with their mm. um, financials and the and then she goes individual accounts is for things i need for myself and i can make my own decisions with my money so i don't think that there's one scientific solution to finances in a relationship. I think that having discussions, money discussions early or when everyone is feeling nice and cool with themselves helps each and every one of us in a relationship address those money problems before they come up. So so mm. when the air is cool, then we discuss budgeting. We say, oh, what do we, what, what is our, what, what are our plans or our goals for 2022? What do we want to do? Do we want to move into a new house? Do we want to, do we need a new car? Do we need, what schools are the children? Those sorts of discussions come from a place of happiness or a place of peace, love. Not when the, the situation is on ground and then there's so much tension, anarchy. And, you know, I, I hope that I've been able to address your question. Yeah, you are. You are. Thank you very much, Coach Karu, and thank you for that research you made. Uh, in fact, uh, it's it's a kind of uh, strengthening some of things, even me I practice, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, let me add something here, please. Sorry. Okay, let go, me ahead, add go ahead. Here, go ahead. Go ahead. And then, um, patience. Um, thanks so much for that. Um, you know, the summary of from the research that you did. But mm. it's very important to realize that these individuals and all of them involved know exactly what they want they've been able to assess yeah. themselves they know mm. what they want and they're able to communicate it to their partners mm. such that mm. um it's not an issue between them so what i've heard is that they know themselves they have their mm. goals i mean they've come to define their goals they have communicated what is workable you know what is possible what they are looking forward to with their partners. They've come to an agreement with their partners. And so, uh, and so based on that, they are able to work through it together based on their commitments to one another, based on their understanding of each other and the commitments that they have made. And so what, what, what this is um, telling us is that for, um, for money mindsets, for couples to evolve to thrive together with regards to money issues, it is very critical that you understand yourself as an individual based on how you see and relate with money, based on what your current realities are and based on what you're looking forward to with regards to money. And then secondly, how are you going to influence your partner? How are you going to enroll your partner in committing to having these kind of conversations such that it does not evolve into um, difficult conversations. I just wanted to throw that in. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, Mr. Chucky, let me address yeah. something. And, and, and okay. I like that. I like what um, 
Coach Tolu has said. I like the fact that she's said that there's communication, there's agreements, there's alignment in, in the couple's um, beliefs or values or discussions around money. And this is real, you see. Because for partners and couples in marriage, if they don't do everything that she has said, the fact is, whatever they do not resolve during the marriage or even prior to getting married, and this is true for either parties, either whether you're in a marriage relationship or you're in a partnership, whatever relationship it is, as long as you come together, it catches up. Mm-hmm. Especially when you now have like a deep conditioning hovering around you or, or, or hovering around them like bees to honey. For instance, being comfortable to somebody might be different to another person. It's relative to either of the partners. So your definition or my definition of um, comfortable, comfort, being comfortable might be different. And then we now have this friction every time I'm taking excesses or you see my actions as, as, as excesses. Or let me come home. What about the programming of them saying that it's better to be small? Let's, let's, let's keep it small and safe. Then what happens to that partner that has that belief of staying small and safe? They deny themselves access to additional wealth. They don't want to do anything more because they're struggling to stay small and safe. And then what happens is, this is also a reflection because a lot of the time, what they are afraid of, for instance, in this particular case, trying to stay small or trying to stay safe, is they're most likely afraid of becoming their parents. And because that's where you recall the energy around money. It's from that environment. What's what's driving you? What's making you have that conditioning of trying to stay small? It's because you are you are afraid of repeating patterns. And people generally, spouses generally pick patterns that are similar to their parents. But the good news is that we're able to use those fears to our advantage. We can channel those fears and have them compel us to take more progressive actions. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Cario and Coach Tolu. You know, I love that communication part. Everything starts with communication. Everything is made solid with communication. Everything, everything about money. In fact, that is why a lot of people will tell you that communication is the ultimate, you know, and it's been proven by all standards that if you are able to, if I from the statistics I read to us, I read to us the people who come together to talk, to talk about their about their money and strategize about their money end up having a healthy relationship. Now, well, we want us to go to the ultimate. Let me reset the room. We are talking about money series now, best money mindset for couples, his and her money. And today we have Coach Tolu and Coach Patience on board so i don't know if you have any question you can start now to raise your hand contribution so that by the time we get to that time we'll, we'll quickly bring you up all right so now let's go to the ultimate the things i've heard so couple couple of days back a couple of weeks about financial infidelity now we've come to see that infidelity is not just in having affairs with uh, other man or woman you can also have if affairs with money you know I want us to discuss this because a lot of people, I have heard a story where a woman was collecting house rent from the husband. The husband never knew that where they are living is owned by the wife. You know, uh, you know there are examples of infidelity. One is secret, secret bank accounts, undisclosed debts, you know, hidden purchases, gambling addictions and all that. These are different financial uh, 
infidelity. Uh, a lady was telling a story on how she paid 23 million naira that the husband borrowed in her name. Forged documents used her to borrow funds that she never knew about. And at the end of the day, the whole thing landed on her and she paid that money. She started paying that money for over across seven years. Kostolu, they said that one in every three people that, argue, that talked about that they've always had arguments about money with their spouse. They've confessed that they have, hit, they have purchases that they, they hid from the husband. Houses, lands, cars, accounts. What do you have to say about this? And what is the healthy mindset that couples can start developing when it comes to issues like this? And what is the cause? Maybe we can start from there. So, financial infidelity, the major, I mean, the beliefs that we have about money in marriages is very fundamental. So, um, a lady goes into marriage and all she has heard before going into marriage is, your money is your money. Don't do anything. Don't, you know, you have to sit upright. Always have a plan B, blah, blah, you know, things like that. And so when you go into marriage, you already are going into the marriage with the belief of distrusting, lack of trusting your partner when it comes to money issues. You know, and so um, because that's all you have heard. And maybe, yes, even in the environment, in the society, we hear of these things and you're like, ah, so when I enter my own, you're already going into that lack of um, trust with regards to, uh, that's the mindset, the money mindset that you are taking into that relationship. And when you get into it, so even having the conversations, the money conversations will be a difficult one for you. When you start to have it, you will not, the lady would not um, communicate, she would not reveal her sources of income, even if she has other sources or what she's doing in other places. The same thing for the man. Traditional, traditionally, what the men, what we care is that uh, don't let your wife know how much you are earning. You know. She will just make demands, do this, blah, 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 on top of you. And so the man goes into the marriage with that mindset that ah, my partner, my wife must not know how much I'm earning. So when both people, two individuals, have that mindset, then you will always be playing hide and seek with your money. You will always be, um, you know, you can't reveal. You buy something for yourself. Your husband must not know that I bought it with my money. He has, to, he needs to feel that I don't have money. So you say he's somebody that gave it to you as a gift. You know. Um, so once there's that lack of trust. And when we talk about trust, trust is not only when it comes to um, fidelity issues and all, it also comes to money issues. So when we enter um, marriage, when we enter this relationship with a mindset of not trusting whatever your partner says with regards to um, his or her present reali um, realities. So your partner can say ah, that they've cut my salary in the office, you will not believe. It's a lie. You have investment in social and so you know that, 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 that but it is all because there is lack of trust mm. and that trust may have been something that you entered into that marriage with that's the first thing secondly when we show up ourselves when we show up ourselves in terms of how we relate with money and we are in denial of it 
then your partner already sees that ah this person does not know how to relate well with money and when you're trying to bring up the conversation your partner is in denial and so to save herself or himself and to save every other thing that would need money attention in the marriage there is already um, a gap because you cannot come to um, some form of um, a, a form of comprehension on the issues, the money issues that are being confronted, that are confronting them in the marriage. And so, um, I'll, it will still take me back to um, knowing yourself, accepting yourself, knowing your partner, accepting your partner, and then deciding on um, choosing what is going to work best for for both individuals in the relationship. But where there is a lack of trust. So the guy is already gambling. The woman will go and do something else. Or the woman is uh, always buying things as in she, she's very impulsive. Then the man will not reveal what he has because if he has it, the woman will say, I want, I want, I want, if he doesn't have. Based on what is already going on, the current dynamics, it's not only money. There are other dynamics in the marriage that determines the money dynamics as well. There will be other dynamics in the marriage that will determine the money dynamics, whether there's fidelity or infidelity with regards to money. When there's infidelity with money, then there's probably already a, there's already a, a big gap with trust, not only about mm. money, but in other things as well. Mm. So it's to go deeper and find out what the key issues are. What are the key issues? So if somebody has a relationship with money and money is for him or her, having money is, is, is a label of being significant. And so being significant is like um, when I have money, um, it's demonstrating the fact that I am successful, I'm competent, I am okay among my peers. And how do you show that you have money? You buy luxury items and everything in your house. You know, you do everything and, and your partner is like, but well, we don't need all of this. We don't need this much. If we need, if we need to have a chair, we can go and buy 20,000 Naira chair. We don't need 100,000 Naira chair. But for you to show off that ah, I am worthy, I am I'm a significant somebody, you go and buy the 100,000 Naira chair. At that point, you're already, you know, um, if, if, you, if you're not already in alignment, we need to buy a chair in this house. And both of you decide what is our price range budget for purchasing this chair. The 20,000 Naira person and 100,000 Naira person, at what point are you going to come to be together, to meet? And say, ha, Oga, sister, it's not only chair we're going to buy in this household. We're going to buy TV, we're going to buy this, we're going to buy that, let's spread it. But we will still get something of quality in the house. That's two, two different mindsets coming together. But then again, are they ready to come together and harmonize based on the ultimate goal that they want for themselves? Are they able to harmonize based on the ultimate goal they, they have for themselves? Like I said, money is a feeder into the ultimate relationship a marriage goal do you want to be happy do you want to be fulfilled do you want to enjoy yourself 
as an individual and then as a couple. To be able to do that, trust is a critical element. And trust is not only with regards to um, cheating or not cheating with fidelity and what we call fidel infidelity in terms of the relationships you're having with other genders, but with money. Money is another critical mm. element that reveals the level of trust that uh, that that is um, that is ensuing that we have in that marriage. And once trust is broken, then infidelity and the hide and seek and every other thing begins to happen. But we can also look at the realities, the current realities. So um, you have a couple. A woman, for example, or a man, let me use the man because usually they say the man is the one that is the head of the home and provides everything. He loses his job and he's afraid, he's ashamed of going back and telling the wife that I've lost my job. And by on himself, by himself, he's already scouting for other things to do. But those things too are not working out. And then shame sets in. He goes out to drink. Now, the wife is just coming, just complaining and nagging. That's how you just, you know, you come back drunk, you do this, you do the But Have you sat him down to understand what has changed? What's going on with you? But to be able to do that, to be able to do that, and for this kind of situation to even happen in the first place, will tell me that the dynamics in that marriage by itself is already not okay. If the husband lost his job and is not able to inform the wife or communicate with the wife, then there is already something missing. So your wife is not a safe place for you. And then you're going out to find safety nets, safety zones. We can now turn out in drinking, in gambling, in other things. And then the wife comes and says, that's how he is. And because that's how he is, you begin to put your funds away. So it's very, and you know, whatever it is, it still comes back with how we relate with money. Whatever it is, before marriage, during marriage, it is, I know that they say when, when we get money, money becomes a tool of power, you know, but the mindset behind money before and during marriage is practically the same, whether you have the money or not. And so when we already have those heartfelt, um, deep conversations concerning money, and you're listening to even what is not being said, you're observing the your partner's relationship with money, the spending, the thoughts, the values. Uh, um, somebody is doing something, I need to buy Ashwabi. Why do you need to buy Ashwabi? You know, and both of you come to a decision whether you want to be buying a show in the house or not for family events. And if one person doesn't want it and the other person wants it, okay, how are we going to go about it? Must it be one person that must pay? Or because you have your own money, as a um, patient said, it will be my own discretionary fund. I pull it from my own discretionary fund. So a lack of trust, a lack of trust in each other is the basic fundamental element behind um, financial infidelity. Thank you, Coach Tolo. Thank you so much. Thank you and thank you. Uh, if you have a question, you have a contribution, please, you can indicate by raising your hands. 
an amazing thing, an amazing, I heard again communication, I heard again two people coming together to harmonize their different situations when it comes to financial infidelity. And a deep understanding there, if there are realities you are facing right now that are not favorable. Okay, so I also want us to look at different view now, also our additional view from Coach Karu, money coach on this thing now there are practical things that uh, she also that coach tolulu raised now i also understand that there are situations where in fact currently i'm dealing with dealing with a case where someone is uh is dealing with the husband for over seven years in fact the man has consistently showed lack of trust consistently 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 and this lady is so worn out with the whole thing. Monies he has made in the past went to mistresses and now he, ha he doesn't have a job. He got a job again and the lady called me yesterday. We were on phone for like two two hours and she's telling me that her husband came back and told the, the children, let's go for a dinner and didn't tell her anything. You know, and she has been one feeding the house and all that. Now, we are looking at this. Coach Karu, I want you to... Okay, let's quickly take this from Rosalind and we'll come to you, Coach Karu. Rosalind, are you, are you up? Please accept the invite. Okay, while she's doing that, Coach Karu, let's practically help couples here now and maybe people who can also help other people what are the practical ways in addition to what coach Tolu has said that people can deal with uh, this infidelity is is a lot yeah now as we are talking marriages are breaking up having issues based on this uh, financial infidelity so let's hear from you thank you thank you i i i hear a lot of trust 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 i mean we all have experiences we know so many men that have walked out of their houses or their homes, leaving their partners without money or sustenance and all that. And this lack of trust opens or causes or opens the gates to a lot of psychological red flags, like red flags, like hopelessness, depression, guilt, shame, you see. And a lot of this trust are also inherited. There are, there are things that either of the parties have heard or have seen from their, from their background you see, the beliefs that they have, and most of all these beliefs are from spaced repetition over time or any other significant um, emotional experiences that they've had. Now, I don't want to beat around the infidelity as she's, as um, Coach Tolu has touched more on it. Infidelity is purely dishonesty. She's talked about that a lot. But rather, let me move forward. Let me talk more on intimacy. Let me talk more on how... <clears throat> couples can harmonize and what they need to consider before they or before they can experience financial intimacy and the first one is the age of the relationship before you think about how to before you think about ever even commingling your accounts or your finances with your partner what is the relationship like how long have you been together is it a premature relationship or is it a sort of complicated relationship the signs are already there for people to see it's just that a lot of us love with our eyes closed if we can just open it a little bit shift our perspective a little bit 
some of the answers will come to us. And then what are the financial habits? And that's number two. What have you discovered as the financial habits of your partner or of you as a person? What are your vices? What is their debt profile or exposure? Like some of them are serial borrowers just to keep up with the Joneses. What are their reasons for taking on debts? These things that I'm mentioning right now, they're the things that lead to financial infidelity, but I'm not focusing on financial infidelity as I'm promoting and building up on financial intimacy and consider these factors and take them as real because they happen every day and they're things that we see are there signs of impulsivity do they shop what is their shopping and spending pattern like are they spendthrifts some of us spend money extravagantly and irresponsibly we know these financial habits. They are there during the dating season. They are there in the first few years of our marriages. So if we really want to be intentional about our finances and um, finance management in marriage, we know that we have to take actions. What is the communication? Have you tried opening up communications on, on finances? What is the energy around money conversations? Does either of you feel this sort of resentment or do you feel undervalued? Or more like, let me put it this way. Do you feel judged or attacked when conversations around spending or saving come up? These things, these answers, these questions that we're saying, they're real. Is the communication coming from a place of love? Remember I talked about love earlier. If you don't love yourself, there's no conversation, whether on money, whether on, 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 on children, whether on emotions, whether on self-achievement or actualization. There's no conversation that will ever end right until you can have safe discussions on money situations and its utilization in your relationship. What you're simply doing is just taking on like an ostrich approach to money. You're burying your head in the sand and delaying it and procrastinating it. You see, another factor that will help with financial intimacy and reduce infidelity is transparency and honesty. And this particular one is difficult, I know, because this dwells on disclosure. This dwells on total disclosure. And this is one part where culturally, I don't think that we here do that, do, do much of that. I mean, here in Nigeria, how many of us really want to disclose our loans or our debts I'm not even talking about our income. <laughs> I'm not even talking about, okay, let's assume that we have alternate um, income. How many of us want to really let our partners know about our debts, our, um, our multiple in income streams, or money drainers? How many of us, how many of us really want our partners to know the, 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 the level of investments that we're exposed to in terms of properties, in terms of financial instruments that we've gotten ourselves into for wealth creation? Right. In the US, though, joint accounts is allowed. All these sort of things are allowed. But here, here, it's easy for us to hide. It's easy for us not to disclose. I'm not saying that people don't do that. But for the for if we have listeners and audiences that from abroad, then they're able to do this effectively because they know that commingling their accounts or having joint accounts and, um, 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 you know, planning their finances together has a lot of benefits. And one of the major benefits is tax benefits, tax planning. They're able to manage it. And they, even if they don't want to, the law forces the partners to disclose. So mm. the best they can do is have discretional funding or have their, in the, um, their separate accounts where they can say, okay, this is the portion I'm bringing in. This is the portion that I'm keeping to myself, you see. And then the, 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 the last thing I would say is financial compliance. For us mm. to, to tone down infidelity, 
and to hype up um, um, intimacy? What practical steps, what actions are we taking towards managing our finances in a relationship? What is our budgeting like? What is our plans for savings? What is our plans for repaying our loans for those of us that have loans? Now it's easy to access loans. It's easy to get funding. There's a lot of fintech going on. Access to finance has become a lot easier than it, than it was in the days back, you see. So what, what plans do we have? If we say, oh, we want to invest in this or we want to you know, step up our, our living standards, what are the plans? Is it in compliance with our goal as a, relation, as a couple? Is it in compliance with our financial status, our financial capacity, our pockets? In terms of our taxes, are we up to date? Other returns, other there's a lot of things that we can, a lot of things, a lot of actions that we can actually take to improve, to step up our intimacy, to to tone down infidelity. And then the the other options are you can still share financial resources together. You see, your budgeting, you can do all those sort of things if you don't trust your partner as long as you don't sign. And whatever you sign, you must be clear on it. It must be acceptable to you. It must. It must. It, the, the, there shouldn't be any iota manipulation if you're helping out, give out your portion, because there's no amount of begging, there's no amount of manipulation, there's no amount of coercion. Whatever, even anger, will not bring your money back if it goes away as a partner. So I thought that I should mention more on the things that we need to look out for for us to build up on intimacy and tone down infidelity. I yield the mic at this point. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach Patience. You know, one of the things I love is that uh, we're discussing financial infidelity, but then you brought it in another way. To solve financial infidelity, you have to practice financial intimacy. And that is amazing. Then I also was, while you were talking, I was now asking myself, what are the things that helps people to be intimate in marriage? These same things can also help you to practice financial intimacy. And you mentioned communication, you mentioned transparency. That these are the things that you know among among many that you mentioned that can help you to start practicing financial intimacy. And one of them also is honesty. You just have to be honest, you know. And like just like Coach Tolu said, also you have to be honest enough to come together to harmonize what two of you have on ground. If you actually want your marriage to work, because where these things boils down to is that if you truly intended that from the one this marriage is going to work then you've got to make it work it's so important now let's hear uh, uh rosaline or i don't know if you have a question or, or a comment you can unmute yourself now yeah thank you very much uh, uh Chooks, and thank you coach tolu and patience it's, it's been a very interesting um, conversation and an important one for that matter because this is a conversation that one should have at any point in time in the relationship, either mm. during courtship or at the start of a relationship. One should have it. But most times, uh, I want to believe, because I mean, I, I always advise the younger ones, talk about everything and anything. You know, at a time, we're not mm. that... Uh, we're not that... <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't think... We didn't talk about everything you know but as you as the relationship progresses it's important that you understand understand your partner once you understand your partner then you know how to behave like uh, we have said uh, in the course of the conversation there's no there's no one one size fits all rule as regards money in a relationship 
for those people who can do who a joint account to work for it's fine they do it but the important thing in my opinion is understanding your your partner because i mean there are some people some there are some some relationships the man is a better money manager you know and once the man is a better money manager then you yield to the man you know like i mean in my really my in in my own case now my, my husband is a better money manager we we don't there's no joint account everybody manages his uh, her money but he is a better money manager and have and have realized that over the years okay i mean there is no emergency situation in all of our years of marriage there's no emergency situation that has hit him by by accident and he's not able to 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 react to react to it or handle it and i have come to realize that so i i defer to him when it comes to money i've actually learned a lot from him you know so i'm more of an impulsive man uh, spender but i mean i'm also i'm also learning and improving so it, it's it's good that you understand your other your partner i i know of some people some some uh, people that they, the husband is very impulsive when it comes to spending just spends anyhow and then the woman is trying to protect herself protect her interest protect her children in the marriage and is the one that is saving or is the one that is trying to get what the man would have spent and just filter the way to save so i mean just understand your partner and understand what what works for you understand the other person's strength and and, uh, and 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 manage the situation based on that yeah but it's, it's been a very interesting conversation thank you so much thank you Rosalind. i really really appreciate your contribution thank you and thank you let's hear uh treasure okay. good evening can you hear me yes we can okay thank you so much coach patience and told it has been so amazing and Mr. Williams, thank you so much. Please, I have a question. I have someone, um, the husband spends a lot, you know, and once they he knows what she has, he's always demanding for money and all that. Both of them work. And it came to a point where, I got to a point where he even spent her school fees. She was about writing her exams and, you know, she, he demanded for money and her school fees were spent and he never gave her back the money. So what would you do if you have such a spouse? How do you declare? Do you declare everything? Or if you have a major project you want to do, do you just start saving maybe something like your school fees and all that? How do you handle such a spouse? Thank you so much. Thank you, Treasurer. We appreciate that question. All right. So... Coach Tolu, do you have something to say to that? Yes, yeah, so um, like I said um, in earlier on, when these things happen, it's not you'll find out that it's not only money that is connected to there are other dynamics in the relationship mm. in which um, in which this kind of demands may be coming up. Um, and so when if you have somebody like that and you know and you understand such a person, first it is 
to let the person know that i mean let your partner know that whatever and all of this is i mean it's not going down well with you in any way and um if your partner is able to realize based on how you have that conversation sometimes for such difficult conversations you may need to involve a professional to help you have that i mean to facilitate that conversation between yourself and your partner but then your partner has to be ready and not be in denial that there are any issues money issues between the both of you Mm. um and so it is best to like i said have that conversation you know that what you're doing not just nagging and say you've done it again you've done it again you did that you did that but have that conversation to enroll your partner that uh, um, and when i talk about enroll i talk about i use the word enroll like influencing so to influence your partner that um, this is what we have decided to do and based on what we've decided to do i'm going back to school while you continue doing what you need to do for me to go back to school i'm saving now if you don't give your your husband the money knowing exactly that this is how um, things are playing out because you because you know rosemary and rosalind said understand your partner so because you already understand your partner that if i give him this money he will not pay back and you tell him that if i give you this money you will not pay back so i'm not going to give you the money what would that do for you Are you there? What will it do for you? Okay. You know, um, you know. I'm just asking. I'm just asking the question. I'm not expecting any response here. But what will it do for you? Because you know, and so based on your knowledge and what you have, um, um, what you have seen and observed concerning your partner. If you have done other things in terms of talking about it, in terms of um, um, having a professional to engage both of you on how to to work things out, and it's still not going on that way then what are you going to do about it because um would you now drop your goal of or your decision of not going to school again or will you be able to still look for ways to influence your partner that this is very important when you go to school who's going to take care of the home from what's going to happen it still comes back to having the kind of conversations that needs i mean it may it may be very difficult but is to have those difficult conversations. And if it's not going to, and if it's still not bulging, then let your partner know that you're not going to give him the money because he's not going to use the money for anything that will benefit you. (sighs) And if you say you're not going to do it, what will it happen? Especially if it is not aligned towards a joint goal that both of us want to do this, but it's for his or her own selfish interests. And does it, there's no accountability when we're talking about money when we're talking about marriage it's not only even money marriage the dynamics in the marriage speaks of respect speaks of having regard for each other speaks of being accountable to one another um like um patient said earlier open honest transparent communication not only in money but in all things so this is just this, the, the money issue may just be one of the many issues that are going on. And so when this is happening, it's not only the money that we'll find out has to be addressed. There are other things fundamentally um, going on that need to be addressed. And when those things are addressed, then maybe the money issues may be addressed as well. 
Wow, thank you very much, Coach Tolu. Thank you. And I like what how you balanced it. Because so many times, a lot of women are going through some things. I can tell you that I've been in touch with so many of them. And uh, of course, I like the balance you gave to it. After much conversation and the guy is not yielding, after talking him to going to see an expert is not yielding, then you have to find a way and make sure you pay your school fees. You know that. So, Coach Carol, do you want, maybe if you can add something to that in two minutes or one minute, please? <laughs> Mister Chucky, I have a mm -hmm. radical approach. Practically speaking, <laughs> I know that's why I said Coach <laughs> Tolu is uh, is a priest of the Lord, <laughs> and I know you will say so. <laughs> so, so, so recall you, you I know, said earlier. Okay, uh, okay. No patience, please go ahead. Okay, okay. recall I said earlier that there's no scientific uh, method to handle yes. relationships. There's no one best way to handle man and woman relationship. You see, and there's this saying that the one with the wisdom, the one with the light, takes the responsibility. Mm. So the onus is on the one with the light to make the right decision. And in this particular case, the onus is on you, treasure, to make the right decision. And I didn't completely disown financial infidelity because in this particular case, financial infidelity may not be a bad thing as you would have to take action towards meeting your financial responsibility. Don't quote me. <laughs> but the responsibility is on you to, 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 to take decisions that will serve you, serve your family, serve your children in the longer term. So I hope that that um, helps. Thank you. Without saying much. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. Thank I, I you. mean, already knowing that this is how your partner is and all, when he comes asking, mm. already just say it straight up. I'm not giving you. Mm. So he's demanding. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if you decide to give him, you've still permitted yourself to, you know, do that. And then you come back to the drawing board and say, why did I? This is how he is. But you already know that he's like that. So knowing yourself, I always say, know me, know you, know us. You know me. I, I know you, I mean, I know me, I know you, and then there can be a knowing of us. In the knowing of us determines how we are working together, what commitments mm. we are making towards one another, what we are going to stop doing, start doing, do more of, do more of, do more of or do less of, you know, and that is where that circle comes in. But mm. when you make demands and the demands are not part of what we have already agreed or committed to, then we all come back to the drawing table. I'm sorry, I can't do this. This is going to, you know, it's going to, to, um, it's going to affect me in another way. Knowing the patterns. Another thing is understanding and knowing the patterns in every season. You know, so when you are aware of the patterns, communicate it and say, yes, I've told him that I'm sorry, I can't do this. The money is not even with me, it's with Lakwaja. I cannot remove it. I don't have access to it, you know. And if you can't have access to it, what next? If you say, I'm not going to give you, unless, you see, another thing in marriage, when we talk about communication, is being assertive. And assertiveness comes with, um, um, with communicating win-win not really not with the mindset of trying to pull you down or being a um, negative to you but this is it is just what it is but when we are not able to communicate assertively then we're a bit passive about it and say he asked she asked he demanded she demanded he promised he did that and all it also comes back to you as an individual 
your own sense of sense of security or insecurity in yourself and in your ability to ability to communicate assertively what it is that you want to do or you will not do hmm. yeah. thank you coach Tolu. thank you coach Karu. uh before we round off this topic uh i want to invite you to a workshop where a go force workshop we're organizing on december 27 and 28 where you will unleash learn how to unleash yourself in 2022 so those of us in this room you have a special discount for staying up to this time at 40 percent discount on this training and this training that 40 percent ends by monday just a week today we're going to be doing that uh just for no sorry 40 percent ends tomorrow and then we'll move it back to 30 percent discount so and the 30 percent discount is just for a week uh, this is about goal goal force all you have to learn about goal setting unleashing yourself in 2022 the the skills you need you require to get all that you want in 2022 just click on that the link above us here and register yourself and we'll get back to you on some other processes you need to know now let's go back to the final question and we just have like a minute each to do that so coach tolu why do we need someone to help us in this money matters why do we need a coach why do we need someone to help us ah we need people like patients first in our life <laughs> <laughs> yes so because your personal finance, understanding your own mentality, your mindset, your beliefs, your values, everything concerning your being with regards mm. to your relationship with money, with wealth, and with finance is critical because it is that element that we're putting, that we're bringing to the table. It's that element that we are projecting in our marriages or relationships, depending on where we are. And so it is very important to have um, coaches to facilitate that process for us. A lot of us are in denial with regards mm. to why we um, why we relate them with money the way we relate with money. A lot of people don't even have clarity on why they relate with money the way they relate with money. And so having um, having a coach to walk us through that process is critical because it's, it just opens your light. It removes it, it, your eyes. It just removes the scales from your eyes. And then you can now navigate your money life, you know, in a sane manner. You have clarity on what you're doing and how to go about it. It just helps you to um, declutter the frustration, the um, sadness, the beating yourself so much at the back, and all manner of ill feelings that we have with regards to um, making money, with regards to wealth, with regards to finance, with regards to our relationship with money, with regards to how we see our life and money. So because this is all what we will be bringing into the table. We can't talk about, I mean, when we talk about money, it's one of the critical elements in life, money, wealth, and finance. You know, so whether it is in a relationship or outside relationship, we, we, as, we as individuals need to connect the dots with regards to how we relate with money and what we want to do with money in our lives. Thank you. 
Thank you, Coach Kolo. So, you know, the, let me come back, still go, uh, get, get back to you now. Uh, you talked about uh, beyond the, this money matters, there are fundamental issues. And I know you very much well as a relationship coach. How can people find you for people who knows now that, oh, what we are going through, I thought is just money. Maybe there are other fundamental things that are causing this money matter to come out. So how can people reach you? How can people find you in case they want they want your services in their relationship for their relationship or their for their marriages? Um, I can be found on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at Tolu Afonja. I am simply Tolu Afonja on all my social media platforms. Thank you very much, Coach Tolu. Thank you. And I'll tell you the truth, please. If you if you actually want to make some necessary improvement, adjustment, changes, whatever thing it is, clarity on your marriage to Coach Tolu is the best person, the best bet you can bet on. I can tell you that. Now, let's come to Coach Karu. So, why, you know, you are a money coach. You are a money coach. You are very much, very much, very much, very much good at it. You know, so how, what are, the, what are your takes here? And why should somebody come to a money coach? Like Nigerians, are they are thinking, why should I meet a money coach? Why should somebody come to you? And after that, how can they find you? Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Tolu. <laughs> so the truth is, much of who we are and what we do around money is a projection. It's, 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 it's a reflection of how we, we, we have been nurtured. Who we are currently is how we've been nurtured to be. And money coaching focuses on bringing consciousness around those patterns. What it does is it helps you understand and develop new level of awareness into your core. And in this particular case, core money patterns. So with money coaching and every other coaching as usual, it's just basically pull out patterns that are formed in your family or origin and what you can do to change them. And I'm happy to help anyone willing to be brought into consciousness about their money um, habits. And how this is different from finance coaching is a lot of us confuse it. The money coaching focuses more on the understanding and behavioral solutions around money. And I say this because we've all focused largely on solving um, um, a lot of problems, a lot of money. Oh, excuse me. We've all focused largely on solving a lot of money problems using financial education and solution. And this isn't wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But the problem is, or the challenge is, what we're solving is mostly a behavioral and an emotional problem. A lot of the things showing up actually starts from our behaviors, starts from our emotions. And that's what then shows up as money mistakes, money patterns, or dysfunction. So that's what coaching does in, in summary, really. It just helps you open up those patterns and, and then help you remove unconscious blocks or obstacles that may be standing between you and your financial growth. And um, I can be found on LinkedIn as Patience Carew, here as Patience Carew, and then Instagram and Facebook as P. Carew. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Honestly. Thank you very Thank you. much. And I tell you people, please go and find these two people. I tell you, I've been following them. I admire their work. And I've seen a lot of things that they've done. These are people I also look up to in some of the practices I'm doing. They are very good at what they are doing, what they do. So please, if you are here, make sure 
you go follow them. You can follow us also on Clubhouse here yeah, and follow follow also on, on different social media platforms. My social media platform is I'm Chucky. So on Twitter, I'm Chucky. On Instagram, I'm Chucky. On Facebook, I'm Chucky. So here is us, William Sukudi. I'm the strategist. And like I said, you can find me during this workshop on December 27 and 28, where we'll sit down with you and practically help you by hand take you through your 2022 you see the end of your 2022 and just walk into it and cruise the whole of 2022 sprint into it so i want you to sign up immediately using the 40 percent discount today but tomorrow is off back to 30 percent and we're again there for just like a week and move back to what the the, the the normal fee. So and I want to thank everyone that contributed. I want to thank everyone that asked questions. And I want to thank you, Coach Tolu and Coach Patience. Next Monday, we're coming back here and we're going to be discussing how to come out of debt. So if you know anyone who has have challenge, who has, who's having challenge with that or somebody the thing has crushed his or her life, come back here on Monday, 7 p.m. Let us help you just like we have done today. And I want to thank you. Thank you for staying with us up to this time. We appreciate you for coming. We appreciate those of us who have been consistent following us on Strategy Hack. Please also go and follow Strategy Hack Club so you can get notification for all of our events. Thank you and thank you and thank you. So we're going to be bringing that, this room to a close as we count down to five, four, three, two, one and zero. Bye-bye. Good night. I love you all.